Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yotis B, it's the Sportive Welcome episode 200 and something or other. Uh, got John with me. Hi, John. Hey, Brandon. How you doing? Welcome to the Homework uh, Helpline. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we thought we had chicken fingers. We had them lined up. Uh, check was in the mail, ready to go, and he had to bow out last second because of, is it English and math homework? It's kids? all of the homework. When you have 11 children, somebody's yep. going to need help with something. We need help, but it we apparently, do. I guess we need children help yeah. with sports talk, but we're just going to have to do without it because somehow his children come in front of us. Yes, and Stu is also out. We don't know why. Very cryptic. He was pretty vague about it. I think he might be rioting and or looting in the snowbound hellscape that is St. Cloud tonight. Possible. Interviewing with another podcast. Probably. Pretending he's sick. Lots of different things. But nevertheless, as a wise man once said, the show must go on. So uh, the show go on. It shall. <laughs> First thing, <laughs> that's... All right, we're going to send you over to Chicken Figures after this for a little help with the English homework. Yikes. Okay, so we're recording this on April 10th or so, Wednesday. Two days ago was the National Championship basketball. Yep. Uh, which, on a huge moment in overtime, a dude knocked a ball out of the hands of another player and in some sort of extremely slow, close-up, zoomed-in, frame-by-frame review, it was off the actual pinky of the guy on the offense, even though the defender hit it out of bounds. So it was fairly controversial, um, maybe because of the the team that ended up winning was, was winning at the time, and they were favored, maybe ends up becoming less controversial, or maybe people just forget about shit really quickly nowadays. The moment seems to have somewhat passed for most people, but I don't think it's passed for you, John. Well, the, the reason these moments pass is that everybody accepts that this is the way it is now. It started when we were, when we were kids, and football got instant replay, and ever since then, it's just sort of been this slowly creeping infestation that everyone accepts more and more that sports don't exist until they are played in slow motion. And only then can we decide what actually happened. And the thing that bothers me the most, there are a lot of things that bother me about this. (laughs) No more so than when... um. 
when there is a bad call in a game that doesn't have instant replay, and then all the instant replay lovers are like, see? See, you need instant replay. And you think about examples like, um, remember, oh, I've forgotten his name now. Was it Armando? Galarraga. The guy, the guy who threw the no hitter that Jim Joyce blew at first base because he called the guy safe that was out by three feet. Do you remember that one? The perfect game. Yes. Yeah, the perfect game. Everybody points to that as a reason you need instant replay. And there's no doubt that if instant replay was only used to fix errors of that magnitude, it would be fine. But it never is used that way. In no sport is it ever used that way. In every sport, immediately it becomes used to look at things over and over in a terrible attempt to determine what actually happened. A ball gets knocked away from a guy in overtime, and the ref looks and he says, well, the defender hit it with his hand, and then it went out of bounds in the direction that the defender poked it. And for a million years in basketball... We were all fine with just saying, all right, the defender hit it out of bounds. That's fine. Mm -hmm. But instead, now we have super slow motion replay. So now, instead of playing basketball, we have to go over to the monitor. And on the broadcast, we have to go. We have to stop all of the excitement of the game. And we go to the slow motion video. And we replay it 100,000 times backwards and forwards. And we go from this angle and that angle. And when you put all the angles together, it's still not conclusive whether the guy's finger actually touched the ball. You look at it and you say, I would say that there's a 54% chance that this guy's finger touched the ball. And there's a 46% chance it didn't touch the ball. But it's slightly more likely than not that it touched the ball. So that is going to be good enough for us. And I just hate everything about that. It is a terrible way to watch sports. I get the flip side of that, which is if you're playing in the game or involved in the outcome somehow, you just want the call to be right more than anything. But ultimately, it absolutely obliterates the experience of watching the game and experiencing the game as a fan in order to slightly more often get the call correct. And I just don't think it's worth it. And I hate it so much. And the thing that makes me the maddest is that so often the calls are still wrong. It's not like you look at the instant replay and what everybody says whenever you introduce instant replay in any sport, what everybody says is, well, it's there for the clear and obvious changes. We have to make these clear and obvious changes that are are completely obvious and otherwise we'll stick with the call on the field. But that's never what happens. What happens is the referee says, I'm not sure what happened. I'm going to let the video determine it. And it just, it's terrible to watch it. It not only happened in overtime, but there was another one at the end of regulation in the national title game. Do you remember that, Brandon? No. There was one with about a minute and a half left. The same thing where the ball was hit out of bounds by someone. And then we had to endure five minutes of replays to say, well, did it maybe brush his finger? It's just like in baseball now. When you steal second base, it used to be if you got to second base and the guy tagged you after you got to second base, you were safe. But now... We spend all this time with super slow motion replay looking to see if maybe, maybe for a millisecond, all of the fabric on your pants came off of the base just for one frame on this 60 frames per second slow motion replay. Just for one frame on this, 
maybe it looks like all of your jersey wasn't touching the base after all. And maybe from this angle, you can't see because the glove is in front of the leg, but it looks like it's probably touching the leg. And so we think that it's probably, it's just insanity. It's absolute insanity. Of course you're safe at second base, even if your pants came off the base for a split second, the tiniest of split seconds. It was fine for a million years, and now we're ruining it with replay, and I hate everything about it. You I watch just it. wanted to quickly jump in and inform you, you are now on instant replay rant probation. <laughs> Why? Seven and a half minutes on instant replay was too much for you? <laughs> Uninterrupted. No breathing. I literally uh, didn't take one breath or a sip of water or any oxygen at all. My like eyes are bleeding. <laughs> Well, I think it's a tough place for referees in that scenario. It did look pretty obvious to me that it was out on that guy's pinky. And I don't think they could at that time be like, oh, come on. This is stupid. It's like we do know that it wasn't on that guy's pinky. They do need to change the overall rules of all these things. Of If we can't tell, it's the in basketball, like it's out on the defender or the person who initiated the contact, it's out on him because that's how basketball is played. It's how it's always been played. It's how it's always going to be played. We're going to run it back in. And people have talked to about like instant replay is fine. Slow motion, zoomed in, millifrate, whatever is not fine. That's not how sports are played. So look back at a replay uh, at in regular speed, human speed. If it's an obvious thing, you reverse it. I think that'll make things yep. um, a lot better. You'd be able to reverse the Galarraga perfect game very quickly because it would right. take a half a second for him to be like, oh, you know what you could do? You wouldn't even need to have any monitors. All you would do is show it on the big screen, the Jumbotron at the game, and have the Empire look up and go, oh, never mind. Nope. Never I mind. was wrong about that. The end. It's 20 seconds, and that's exactly how human beings are watching and behaving and that's how we're reacting to these things as well and you would have gotten the galaraga play right you would not have slowed down the national championship game for 20 minutes to review if it went off on that guy's pinky you'd say hey the defender initiated the contact uh the end it's out on the defender and so i don't know i it makes me it makes me unhappy to be on the side of incompetent refereeing because as we've complained about a million times on this show, all referees des- deserve to be in prison. They're evil. We've said yes. this over and Pure, over and over again. Unvarnished evil. And yet, because instant replay is so terrible, I have to come down on the side of refereeing. I'm, I would rather have nonsense incompetent officiating than instant replay. I want instant replay, but I want it done better. That's my stance. All right. I just cannot imagine a world where we, as a fan sitting at home, four seconds after a play is called, you go, oh, you got it wrong. And everyone knows that you'd be screaming at your television. Just reverse it, guys. Just reverse it. We all know what happened. It's it's okay. We're human beings. Whatever. I'm right there um, with you. But the only caveat is that that's what people always say instant replay is going to be. Yeah. And yet what yeah. always happens is what happens in the national championship game, what happens at every instant replay. Where it's gotten out of control. It stops being let's overturn the obviously wrong decision and starts being let's just go to the monitor and let all of the technology try to determine for us what actually yep. happened. I would say uh, baseball's, you're right, the stolen base thing is to me the number one 
most idiotic thing I've ever seen or heard of. Yeah, I mean, like the the base is made out of fabric, and sometimes the fabric moves when you run into it. And so because the fabric moves away from you as you're on top of it does not mean you are not on the base. Like it's, your pants, you know, the wind blew, and now all of a sudden you're off the base and you're out. Like that is so unbelievably stupid. That we got this far into my instant replay rant, and we haven't even talked about the catch rule in football yet. I was going to say, that is number two for me. The stupidest thing I've ever seen is... Did the ball? Bear, I mean, did he make a football? Whatever yeah, the right. um, and somehow the Patriots. Um, I'm so glad Chicken Fingers isn't here for this. Sometimes they seem to benefit a lot in these plays. But there was that one Steelers game a couple years ago when a dude scored a touchdown and they called it incomplete because he didn't, you know, make a. That to me is solved again with a, a full speed instant replay. You look at it and you just make the call and you go. We all know that's a catch, right? So. I don't know. But it's, when do you think this is going to be fixed? Is it ever going to be fixed? It's never going to be fixed because the people that are deciding what to do about instant replay are the people, like I said, that have skin in the game. That players love instant replay because there's a chance that something is going to be egregiously wrong and then overturned. Coaches love it. Everybody loves it because it gives them an appeals process. They're never going to get... They're never going to go for getting rid of instant replay. Once it gets in the door, it's here to stay. Nobody's yeah. ever going to be in favor of getting rid of it. So there's nothing you can do about it. It just, I hate saying it is what it is, but it is what it is. It's not changing. And I'm well aware of that. And I can know that and also rail at the sky for a thousand years just because it makes me so mad. Yeah, I don't know if I've seen, I haven't been paying a ton of attention, but like any serious reforms discussed to any of the instant replay in any of the sports, they're just sort of like, yeah, sometimes it sucks. Sorry. Seems like that's it. That's pretty much it, yeah. Duh. Okay, good intro. You want to move on? <laughs> I think for the sake of the listeners and the sake of my vocal cords, we need to. Okay. Uh, this is now the segment of the official Twins uh, 6.2% of the season in review. Um, last time we checked in was, I believe, after five games. Now it's been 10 games. Um, I'm still running at about a, on, on our 6 to midnight boner clock, I'm running at like a 10.45 right now. Yeah, it's it's been... It's, it's pretty good. It's been good so far, and they, they kind of laid an egg tonight. It's starting to be somewhat clear that Jake Odorizzi is the weak link in the rotation. Um, at some point, they're going to also have to start pitching Ma Martin Perez. He's going to have to pitch as a starting pitcher rather than as a terrible relief pitcher. Frightening. So it's, it's, it's hard to get excited about that as well. So they've got a couple of good pitchers and then some not, go not so good pitchers. So we're just going to have to deal with that as well. Um, I looked earlier today, and our favorite site, even though our good friend Hans no longer runs it, Baseball Reference, they have mm -hmm. their, their rating system. I think it's the, the simple rating system. It's an SRS. Anyway, yes. I checked that earlier today, and the Twins were tied with the Seattle Mariners as the best teams in the American League. So I'm looking forward to the Mariners-Twins ALCS. I don't know about you. Wow. Oh my god. I can't I can't uh begin to imagine. Okay, so 
number one, number the number two uh, bright spot is our sweet boy Byron Buxton. Yep. Again, usually in April, he's um, looks like a toddler out there. I had a triple tonight. Was going seventy-five miles an hour around the bases. Glorious to see. He's not dead yet, which is <laughs> it's, very cool. It's a. He looks like he's riding a bike too fast around a corner when he's on the bases. Like he looks like just one small shoelace malfunction of any kind, and he's just going to roll into the left field stands. He's going. Yeah, there was a, fast. There was a scene in the Goonies when. Um, Brand was riding a kid's bike to go find Mikey and the guys. And then that asshole with the convertible, I think his name was probably like, seems like a Todd, but I don't think it was that. It was grabbed his hand and uh, made him ride the bike really fast while he's driving the car. Like he held him out of the car. I don't know if you remember this part, but his legs were going so fast. They started like basically that the bike basically started on fire almost because he was going so fast. That's what Byron Buxton looks like every single time he runs. Right. Is the little guy in the little bike in the Goonies movie. Real Goonie heads know what I'm talking about. Boy, I was just sitting here thinking, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen the Goonies and I do not remember any of this. You know, um, it's one of the, the part where the guy movies... in the car tried to murder the kid. <laughs> There's that. Yep. It's one of the few movies from my childhood that I've, tried to introduce the boys to and they actually responded well to it. They they really did like the Goonies. Most of the other ones are are bad or unwatchable at this point. <laughs> and what other um, things have you tried to introduce your kids to that they just have not gone for? Well, I don't really do much of it at all because I'm generally not a nostalgic person. I kind of of the Tony Soprano school of nostalgia is the lowest form of conversation. So I try not to like pull drag them into my old shit that I used to think was interesting when I was a kid. Um, but I do know that they like the Goonies and they like the Sandlot. So that oh. was cool. Yeah. That's a, sol- that's a solid couple of singles up the middle right there. Yeah, I was nervous about the Sandlot. I thought that might be really, really dated and and just dumb. But uh, I think the, the scary dog kind of adds a little intrigue to it. It's pretty right. fun. Yeah. Um, Okay, so Buxton's number. Can I just? I I want to tell a dad story for a second because I'm a dad and this is what we do. And I think I might have told this story. So go ahead and stop me. That's even more dad like. Have I talked about my daughter and mini hockey yet? No, I'm not sure if I've told you this story. So I earlier this winter I decided that I was going to buy one of those little mini hockey sets. For my daughter, and I say for my daughter, it really was for me because I always wanted one when I was a kid, and I, you know, couldn't get one. And so it's the you got the little mini sticks, and you can go on your knees and fire the little hockey balls into the net. And I really thought, despite the fact that she's two, I really thought this was going to be this amazing father daughter time where I taught her how to hold the stick, and then she started suiting the ball into the net, and she really liked it. And we could pretend to score goals and pretend to celebrate and stuff, and it was really going to be fun. Because she has watched hockey with me, but it became very clear that she was just watching shapes on the TV and not understanding them. Because as soon as I got this out, I was like, all right. I showed her how to hold the stick, and I told her to hit it. And I shot the ball in the net, and she said, all right, now the net is in timeout. And she took the net and put it in a different room. (laughs) I was like, what did the net do? She said, oh, I ran away from Mama. What? What? No. That's, That's not... That's a bad net. Right. 
So the Nets, tr- how else is the net going to learn, John? I've tried several other times, and she likes putting because there's two little mini nets, and she likes putting them together so she can sit underneath them like it's a tiny little house. But still, okay. no interest whatsoever in the game of hockey. So anyway, this is my confession that I failed as a father. So this is the best you've gotten is she does use the nets, but only as a fort. Only as a fort. That's correct. Okay. All right. Well, you know, she's getting comfortable with the equipment. I think that's maybe right. a nice little early first step. And she'll be she'll be skating in no time. <laughs> I, I really want her to learn to skate a lot earlier than I did. When did you learn? Uh, 22. Yeah. So... That wasn't that wasn't that much fun. When you're three, yeah. your butt's like three inches from the ice. You fall down, everything's fine. When yes, you're 22, exactly. bad stuff happens. Shit hurts at that point. Yeah. Yep. I haven't taught my kids to skate yet. I'm sorry. I'm sure Chicken is also angry at me as much as you are. But, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, only so much time. Right. I gotta build. Uh, the, uh, a, I gotta build a rink in the backyard, like Chicken has in his backyard. That that I think is the ticket. Then we're gonna learn how to hit the ball in the net and not just put the net in timeout. Or you can go down to Chicken's ice rink. Uh, I have been instructed to stay off his property at a number for, of times. Yeah, and I, we're his best friends, and we we're <laughs> not even allowed. Right, we are threatened with litigation. Litigation is not. Is the least of my concerns. <laughs> That's the name of his shotgun. That's like the name of it. <laughs> what, a, what a strange yet appropriate name. Say hello to litigation. <laughs> oh, oh, it's even worse than I thought it was. <laughs> oh, no. Um, and also the number uh, one best thing about the twins before we wrap it up is obviously La Tortuga. That's true. Even though he, I think he was over five tonight and hit into a double play or something like that. Okay. Okay. Still, uh, he played third base and he made a nice play. So that brings to me me to my new amazing idea. Let's trade Miguel Sano. That's a great idea. Who would possibly trade for Miguel Sano at this point in oh. his career? I think there's a couple teams, types of teams that would trade for him. And I don't even know what the the number of general managers are even even fit the profile of either of those two. But one of them is a huge a team of dumbasses. Are there, are there any, teams? Are there teams yeah. like that left? That was what I, I was curious about. Baseball? I was hoping there's a couple of them, but they hear the name. They they were watching Sports Center a couple years ago. Saw that he hit like a couple dingers in a game, and they're like, "Ooh, I know that guy. Like, if he's on the block." Maybe we should maybe we should pick him up. There maybe there's one or two teams that are still hugely stupid. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Like up until two days ago, um, Ernie Grunfeld was still in charge of the Washington Wizards. Yes, sixteen and, years he had been in charge of the Washington Wizards, and they were like worse than the Timberwolves. And imagine if we had the same GM for sixteen years. Right. So clearly, in the NBA, still dumb teams out there. Just and he wasn't even as dumb there. as the Lakers. Right. Magic Johnson was even dumber. Hockey has the Edmonton Oilers. They're always dumb. You can always count on them to do the wrong thing. But baseball, it feels like... I'm, I'm trying to think. Are there really dumb teams still left? 
Gotta who's, be. Who's the dumbest? I guess the Marlins. But they're that not was so going to be my first. They're not so much dumb as just completely unwilling to pretend. Unwilling to even hint to their fans that they care about anything. Oh, I've got one for you. All right. The Orioles. Uh, solid choice. They're, they're bad. Did Chris Davis get a hit yet? I don't know. <laughs> Poor Chris Davis. Boy, I really felt bad for that guy. It's hard to feel bad for someone who's made like $300 million in their in their career. And yet somehow I do look at the box score and go, oh, <laughs> dang it. I I happened to be watching SportsCenter the other night during the national championship game. It must have been at halftime or something like that. And Sports Center went through every one of his at bats, and I thought, well, they're going through all of them. He must be about to get a hit in one of these. They have they wouldn't they possibly. never they never would show all of these just to embarrass the part. No, that was the entirety of the Orioles highlights too, was just watching Chris Davis repeatedly fail and watching numbers flash up on the screen to note that his failures were getting more and more historic. John, I've got some news for you. Chris Davis had two home runs tonight. He did not. But I've got another piece of news. That's the Oakland Chris Davis and not the Baltimore Chris Davis? The Orioles were playing the Oakland A's, and Chris with a K Davis was the one who hit the two home runs. Yeah. The Orioles' Chris Davis came in as a pinch hitter and (laughs) did not get a hit. I love. I don't know who the Orioles manager is, but I love that guy. That he's like, all right, we're going to leave you out of the game. But when the situation really demands it, when we have a chance where we're going to take out a weaker hitter and put in a guy who's over his last fifty, that's when we're going to get you in there, Chris. It's don't Chris Davis it. time. Yep. <sighs> wow! 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 Amazing. Amazing. So the streak continues. That poor, poor hundred millionaire. <laughs> okay, so uh, so that was so my first idea was trade Sano to a team of dumbasses. Trade Sano to the Orioles, correct. The second is I bet there's someone who is gonna like. There's a bunch of teams with these like brainiac geek yep. general manager types the Van who are Slutens. probably going to be able to the Van Slutens of the world. There's some Van Sluten who's going to crunch some numbers in his mom's basement. And figure out that Sano has an, has enough upside because of his power potential and his contract. And I'm doing the double jerk off motion right now, and yada yada yada. Um, that it's going to be worth the risk to take him on, you know. And they'll probably have some historicals of guys who have turned it around at his age. Probably David Ortiz is one example of them. Um, and, and we'll, and we'll do it and we'll give us, you know, I'm just looking for a couple prospects, you know, just something. Well, I mean, the thing about the twins is they've never once given up on a young player too early. So yeah, we're running, batting a thousand there. Right. So I think that's my idea. Definitely. I mean, you're right for another team. It's nothing but upside for the twins. It's nothing but downside. There's there's no upside to trading Miguel Sano except for maybe a couple of third tier prospects. The downside yeah, because, is if he comes back healthy and starts ripping the ball again, then you're a moron. 
God, he's going to mash so many taters for another team. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I don't know what the trade market's like for him right now. But I can't um, imagine it's good. I have to believe he's worth more to the Twins than anyone else, just in terms of downside limitation. Sadly, probably true. But we've got La Tortuga, and we he's he's more important to me than Sano. Like a million times more important to me, to my personal <laughs> happiness, to your personal well being, and <laughs> yes. your sense of self. Yes, I. At what point does Astudio get so popular he becomes unpopular again? I feel like the backlash is... I, I was going to say it's coming, but if I think it's coming, it's probably already here. I'm trying to think of who the backlash would be. Because you could have backlash um, by the nerds, the Van Slutens of the world could have backlash of like, you know, he's actually not that valuable because his on-base percentage, he can't draw a walk or control the strike zone. That's my Van Sluten <laughs> voice. Um, Just That's possible. The sad thing is we're only making fun of the one guy that we know, and he doesn't sound anything like that. No. No. And he's also, we're also way not smarter nice to anybody. than that. Yeah. Um, but I think there... The Van Slutens will be hesitant because he's really versatile defensively. Uh, he doesn't strike out. So he's got value. And then the opposite is the nerds, the Van Slutens love him. So that means the the um, your angry uncle from Blaine has to hate him. And that's possible, but he puts his bat on the ball. They love that shit. Right. Angry and uncles he plays a bunch and of stats guys alike love him. Yeah. I guess you know. Obviously, there's the uh, overtly racist contingent, but they're all, they just always would have hated him. There wouldn't be a backlash. That's not like a new thing. His ethnicity. I, so I can't I imagine like, that being a thing either. Are there still racists that hate Venezuelan people? I mean, there must. Oh be. my god! There's got to be. I mean, I don't personally know any, but but also you're right. Baseball fans, right? Are there? Are there love baseball, but yeah, hate Dominican players? It's really it. It would be really hard to love baseball, but be but hate Latin people. It just seems impossible. All your favorite players are from the Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico or Venezuela or wherever. You'd have to only cheer for like college baseball <laughs> like and northern like, college baseball i was gonna say like the pac 10 big 10 that's all you the, got that's i love baseball but i'm such a racist that the only thing i can do is cheer for big 10 baseball boy that's a that's a tough road ahead yeah. if that's who you are that's a tough okay let's let's say this if there are any huge racists who love baseball please reach out to us and let us know your journey of trying to watch a sport you love I want to be entirely clear that if there's any racists listening to this podcast, I want them to stop. <laughs> Do oh, not listen wait. to this podcast. I don't. Oh no, no. I, I want them want to stop you listening to this podcast. <laughs> I thought you meant stop being racist. <laughs> well, that would be ideal. <laughs> One request for racist. I got stop. Knock it, it off. <laughs> knock it off. Just knock it. Three off. words for you. Just not hard. Cut it out. Stop it. <laughs> 
being a dummy. Ugh, knuckleheads. But also, <laughs> if you're not going to stop being racist, yep. just delete this word from your feed. We don't want two, you to two get stops. out of here. Our favorite would be stop being racist and keep listening to us. For some reason, if you can't do that, then yes, you're going to have to stop listening to us. That's a sport of consensus. Yep. Um, okay, that's our twin segment. We talked about the twins during the twin segment for almost half the time. That's pretty good. <laughs> and Venezuela for a while. Yeah, yeah, right. That was good. Uh, okay, let's move on. Um, I was briefly dismayed but unshocked this morning when I saw the news that the twins were, or the, I'm sorry, the Timberwolves were going to re-up the contracts of both Ryan Saunders and Scott Layden. I'm is not a, that... Is this a done deal? Let's start with that. Well, that was... So that was the, the initial news, a Woj bomb. And then our guy, John Krasinski, um, came back and said, that might be technically true, but they're, um, t- Taylor's going to hire a new president who will decide the fate of those two people um, when that person gets hired. So kind of an interesting turn of events there. Um, Woj bomb doesn't usually get out Woj'd, but sounds like he did. Um, I was again not surprised at all uh, if if Taylor was just going to hold on to those two because he feels familiar with them. Um, but now I don't know what to think. I mean, that's a pretty Taylor thing to do, but I'm confused because we just saw Magic Johnson resign from being the president of the Lakers where he sort of was clear that he wasn't really doing anything. And also he really just wanted to sit on the couch and watch basketball. So I'm a little confused about how important the job of president of a basketball team is because sometimes the president turns out to be the most important guy. Mm -hmm. Like for the longest time, the Timberwolves had a general manager who I think was in charge of like picking up, basketballs after practice he didn't seem to, yeah he didn't seem to have anything to do with actually <laughs> constructing the team correct he was just like the guy that signed the contracts i think it was like more of like an advisor role like i'm sure he was involved with pointing things out but yes he was not the the decision maker he was never he, quoted as having any decision making authority so i'm sure he said like hey i think we should go for this guy but no he was that guy. He, his only role in the room was when Glenn Taylor sat down and said, all right, we're going to sign you to wink a five-year contract. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. He was the guy whose job was to say, uh, Glenn, we can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn, that's not allowed under yeah. the collective bargaining agreement. That's all that Milton Newton was there for. So Milt Newton, wink patrol. <laughs> <laughs> Wake up. So anyway, I don't know what the job of president is for. I don't know. We we said that Scott Layden was a men's suit filled with hay for a while. Then he fired Tom Thibodeau and he was briefly our hero. But Mm -hmm. now he's just turned back into a scarecrow near as I can tell. Well, Scott Layden's history, and I'm not going to look any of this up, so that's maybe fine. I'm wrong. But that's um, as I understand it, he was like a number two or number three guy in Utah for a number of years when they were successful. So that comes with a nice, some nice bona fides there. He also was in the Knicks organization and they, when they signed some of the worst contracts known to man. Now, obviously, the Knicks were 
a terribly run organization before Scott Layden and right. were a terribly run organization after Scott Layden. So it's really hard to pin any incompetence on him. Correct. But the thing is, we've said this a million times, I don't care how shitty of an organization you are, there's only 30 head boss jobs in the NBA. So, And there are way more than 30 very qualified, capable people. So Scott Layden does not seem to be one of the top 30 smartest, most capable guys by uh, any stretch, at least from what I can see. So it seems like we should be able to get somebody more talented. And right. yes, everybody now who's listening, um, my mom and your mom, are screaming at their iPhone or whatever saying, uh, remember who's making the decision here. So yes, of course, Glenn Taylor will make the wrong decision. We're, we're not any... We have no uh, delusions there. But the point is, theoretically, he should be able to make a much better decision than Scott Layden because there's lots of them out there. Dozens. Um, one of them perhaps ran an organization who is now 50-win team two years in a row, an amazing foundation underneath them. He really laid the groundwork for that team. And um, it's just a person I, I, I don't know. It's someone that we could potentially talk about and think about, and his name's Sam Hinkie, for example. And he geez, would be a perfect fit as far as I'm concerned. And I will be taking no questions. This interview is over. I feel like I this, is, this is muting. pretty good. This is pretty good restraint on my part that I'm not just going to yell at you for 10 minutes. Because we've done that, Brandon. We've had this fight. We've I had this be going fight back so many well. times. I will not. We, we can move on. I rescind the comment. Challenge sustained. Um. So, yes, he's probably for sure going to make the wrong move, um, and we're hopeless. But we get to watch Carl Anthony Towns for, like, four more seasons or three whenever he decides to force his way out. So that'll be <laughs> could, pretty fun. Could be any day now. Yeah, it's possible that was the last game we saw. But he was a fucking monster this year. He was awesome. He was so good. So that was really fun. Yeah, we love, we love Carl Anthony Towns, but... How long can it last? Um, and speaking of general manager moves, you uh, mentioned the Magic Johnson thing really quickly. Boy, I need I need some more Magic Johnson like stories and a like a full on unauthorized biography or something in my life. Because man, what a fascinating can person! You, can you just I give don't... a rundown for people who might not have seen Magic Johnson? Just give us a summary. Of the of like what happened? Yeah, of what happened and the press conference. Okay, so I just caught bits and pieces of quotes of the press conference. I didn't actually watch it. Okay. But he called an impromptu press conference uh, just randomly, which I don't even know how you do that. You just like do a group text to the 20 reporters in the LA area and say, yo, I'm going to be talking in a half hour. Just come find me. Anyway, he did it. And he just said, hey, I'm done. I quit. I, I don't want to do this anymore. And then he admitted uh, that he had not actually submitted his resignation. <laughs> he, just, he was just doing it in an interview before he had actually officially done it. He hadn't told his boss yet. So imagine Jeannie Buss, the owner of the Lakers. Imagine anybody hearing your employee has decided to quit during a press conference and not <laughs> even giving you a heads up. It's really just 
incredibly powerful. And he, a lot of the quotes were, like you said, like, hey, man, I uh, I just like being able to tweet at some other players and tell them congratulations. I like to be able to talk about other players, and that's technically tampering now. So that's kind of a bummer. So I don't want to do this anymore, and I'm done. I'm, I'm not going to do it, and I have to go find my boss now, and I'm really scared to go talk to her about this because I yeah. really respect her and like her. <laughs> That was probably the best part of the whole thing. Have you told your boss yet? No, absolutely yeah. not. Well, no, I'm terrified. By now, she might be watching this. <laughs> I have to. You think guys aren't going to tell her, are you? <laughs> has told her to turn on a television at this point. Yeah, because it's uh... it's out there. This is out there in the world right now. It's just, um... yeah. So he's just a fascinating guy because he was obviously like a basketball prodigy. He was incredible from whatever age and was an amazing college player, an amazing pro. He struggled a lot. He had some some sort of high-profile struggles, but by and large, he was just an incredible player. Um, had to retire because he got HIV, decided to come back, and then he like played for a few games and then quit again, and that was it. So that was kind of weird. And then he coached for like a quarter of a season and then quit doing that too. Just quit. Just like, right. nah, this isn't for me either. Uh, and then he uh, seemed like in interviews, just kind of like a fun loving dumbass. I think just quote wise, just seemed like a, yeah, like a very nice uh, fun, but not super inquisitive, like the opposite of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, I don't know if you know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like, <laughs> Didn't get along with people, but he was like the smartest, like most inquisitive, unbelievably, you know, uh, whatever, like an unbelievable writer, you know, civil rights type guy. Magic Johnson was a fun-loving guy on the other end of that. But so he decides he wants to coach for a little bit. So, of course, he just calls someone. He's like, can I coach? And they're like, yeah, of course. You're Magic Johnson. You can do whatever you want. And then he's like, never mind. I don't want to do this anymore. And then he quits. And then he somehow makes it in the business world and makes so much money, like many, many, many millions of dollars. I think he like has an apparel company and he opened up like movie theaters. And again, I, I'm this is all just going off memory now, but but has like an incredible amount of success, which is again for like the the guy who is known as being kind of the charming dumbass was surprising to be like, oh shit, he's like a business mogul, Magic Johnson, the. The guy who had a talk show for like one episode and was so bad he wasn't able to do it anymore. That guy? That's weird. The unfortunate um, thing is that now every NBA player believes that they are a current or future business mogul. And they're not ready to wait to be retired to do this. Right. Yes. And that's a little tiresome. I'm not going to lie. Very much so. So then, but Magic has made so much money that he decides to like buy the Dodgers, which is right. cool. That's great. What a fun thing to do. And then again, the the most insane thing in the whole world of him just all of a sudden being in charge of the Lakers. And if you saw him on, he did a bunch of like broadcasting stints. And if you've ever read, read any of his Twitter posts, uh, again, there's no much, there's no more simple way to see him as being like, the guy who's not a, a very much a deep thinker than watching some of his broadcasting. So him to be in charge of an NBA team was fucking insane. Was legitimately to me the most insane thing I had ever heard. 
you say this, but let's go back to Ernie Grunfeld. So unqualified. He was in charge of an NBA team <laughs> for, for 15 years. Close yes. to two decades. So yep. is Magic Johnson running an NBA team really the craziest thing that you could do? I guess it's not running an NBA team, but running the Lakers to me just seems like a job where almost everybody should be jumping at it. And they gave it to him. Just crazy to me. Like he should be a figurehead guy. He should be involved. He's obviously a smart guy. Let him do some broadcasting nights. Let him do whatever, but like run the organization when he clearly has like not done anything to remotely deserve it was really weird to me. And then the LeBron signing with the Lakers to get in bed with Magic also seemed very quickly destined to backfire, which it now has. So I guess in the grand scheme of things, him quitting quickly is a good thing because I think he knows he's not good at it. He wasn't really you know, around very much. He was doing other shit. Um, but it's also the way he did it is... I don't know if there's been a more interesting... Uh, resignation in a while than him just like telling reporters before he tells his boss. So he's fucked over the Lakers to a crazy degree, obviously, but he's magic. I, he's great. Everybody loves him. So they're like, <laughs> yeah, what a that's, magic. that's magic. That's magic. That's magic for you. Yeah. Yeah. And again, and it's not, he was very heartfelt forthcoming. I do appreciate all those qualities. So it is actually legitimately, I'm, you know, just being a regular person who sees someone go like, I'm, I don't like this. I don't want to do it anymore. We go, okay. Yep. That's fine. <laughs> like, like there's so many worse qualities, uh, than being a, just like an overly honest and kind of following your heart type guy. But, uh, man, he's lucky. He's such a nice person. Cause if on paper now he's flamed out in a lot of different ways and has probably screwed over a lot of people. I just love that his reason was basically, listen, I just want to call up whoever I want to call up and tell them they're awesome. That's that's all. That's what I'm about. I just want to call up Ben Simmons and be like, Ben Simmons, you're the best. But he can't do that's that it. anymore. That's nope. it. So that's he, his only he had reason. To quit. I like it. I'm on board with this crazy behavior. Yeah, right. It's uh, it's insane to me, and I do. Um, feel no, no, that's not the right. I almost said I feel bad for LeBron getting mixed up with the Lakers, but he did sign a contract with the Lakers. Yeah, he and did they this were to himself. A disaster of an organization before he signed that contract. He could have signed with the Clippers. They're actually a pretty well-run organization. So, sorry, LeBron. Could have signed with the no Timberwolves, LeBron. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you know, he's getting old. His kids are old. You want to live in L.A. because your family wants to live in L.A. I get it. But the Clippers are right there, and they're good. But, well, he made his bed. Um, John, do you want uh, to uh, go over one of our famous segments of uh, NBA adopted playoff teams? I do want to hear our adopted playoff teams. Okay. Uh, my <laughs> Unfortunately, team. I'm the only one here, so... Yes. I'm going to have to accept teams on behalf of everyone else? Yes, you are. Uh, My team this year, uh, I just drew a name out of a hat, and I got the Philadelphia 76ers. All right. That one was obvious. So I'll be cheering for them. I got to... We're going to check with with Wade on this at some point, 
But I'm pretty sure the five-year bet is over, and I'm pretty sure, thanks to Tom Thibodeau, the Timberwolves blew it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I picked up 15 wins each of the last (laughs) two years. Even, Even the stupidity of everything that happened couldn't escape the orbit of Tom Thibodeau. Just and Jimmy Butler just conspiring to absolutely once again ruin the Timberwolves. It's amazing how badly things went. It is amazing. Okay, so that's my team, the Sixers. I'm very excited. Nobody wants to hear you talk about. Nobody wants to hear you talk about the Sixers anymore. No, no, I won't. But I have a question for you. If you're watching a game and it's like the Sixers versus like the Charlotte Hornets or something or the Hawks. Are you cheering for the Sixers because you're friends with me? Are you cheering against the Sixers because I've talked about them too much? I would say that I have spent so much time screaming at you about the Philadelphia 76ers. You can't can't help but hate them. That I'm not sure that I could... Even if I didn't hate the Philadelphia 76ers when we started, and obviously I like you, Brandon, but I've spent so much time yelling at you about it I think just for my own sanity, I would have to cheer against the Sixers at every moment just in order to feel like a logical, consistent person. It's about me and not you. Yeah, of course. Okay. I just, uh, I appreciate your honesty. Uh, All right, John, I'm giving you this year the Toronto Raptors. No, no. I'm out in the second round like every year. Well, maybe. They might also go to the finals. Well, it's the Raptors, so my hopes aren't high. Yeah. Well, they're good. Um, They've been good for a long time. They're from, like, a northern town. They've got as good a chance as anyone to come out of the east, so I thought maybe that'd be a fun team for you. I I guess my... My ultimate hope is that the Maple Leafs make a playoff run at the same time as the Raptors mm. actually go to the NBA Finals, just because yeah. it would be hilarious to see the Toronto Raptors finally hosting an NBA Finals game, but have it be on the same night as a Stanley Cup playoff game involving the Maple Leafs, and so there's 3,000 people in the arena. They have to fly in a bunch of seat fillers from exactly. Hollywood. It's just like... Montreal Canadiens fans that they bust in from Montreal just to pay paid the money just to fill out all of the empty seats. Yeah, they'll make a little bit of money and then they'll go looting right. afterwards. Exactly. So, Chicken Fingers, I've decided to give him the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Why? Well, I can't, the Brooklyn Nets. I'm just, I'm absolutely fascinated. I want to say this before you start. I'm absolutely fascinated how you're going to connect chicken fingers to an area of the country that is most known for having hipsters in it. Yeah, it's tough. It's not easy. Uh, So Brooklyn uh, made a, maybe will go down as the worst trade in NBA history a few years ago to trade for Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. And they gave up like five straight years of unprotected first round picks. And it backfired to a very comical degree, uh, so it was it was so bad. Um, so they were basically left for dead four years ago. As like this team is not going to recover for like probably at least a decade. 
In other words, the Brooklyn Nets were mocked and ridiculed repeatedly. Mocked and ridiculed for years on end, saying you will never get back here for many years. And they got back to the playoffs so quickly. Like, three years they were out of the playoffs, and they're back again. It's unbelievable. Like I'd, I'd still just like, it's the East, right? So that's probably part of it. But you know what they did? Just shoulder to the wheel, nose to the grindstone, just worked at it and made little tiny signings that made sense and had their second-round draft picks worked out and took on bad contracts just so they could get maybe a little extra draft picked out of it. And they got a pretty solid team now. So they were mocked and ridiculed. And yet, through hard work and, I'll say it, gumption. They have a lot of gumption. A lot of gumption there. In Just like chicken fingers. Um, they uh, they were able to come out and actually make the playoffs again. And, and again, it's, it's actually a really cool story. So that, to me, is the number one reason, thing that I think that chicken fingers identifies with and respects, is someone overcoming being mocked and ridiculed. So Are that's the Brooke- reason number one. I have one reason question number- for you. Yeah. Oh, go ahead with reason number two. Reason number two is they're playing the Sixers. Oh, there you go. The playoffs. And he hates me, so uh, that's perfect. So here's my one follow-up question on this pick. Are the Brooklyn Nets still owned by a Russian oligarch? Uh, no comment. Because <laughs> he's going to love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think he's like, I don't know if he's technically still owns them or not. He hasn't really been involved. My, my understanding is he, I don't know. He hasn't been killed by Russian spies yet. I think that he sold, I think that he sold them or else he's just not involved as an owner anymore. So, um, that's my understanding. All right. We'll go with that. Yep. Okay, um, and then Stu. the last pick, uh, Stu, I'm giving him the Denver Nuggets. Because he loves pot? Some may say. Some may say, uh, yeah. Uh, also, they're a fun team. And then also, also, um, and Stu's a fun I, was, guy. I was just in Denver, and there were, I'm remembering two, but probably more, bars that I went into and was like, hey, I'm... Uh, just looking for like, what's your best IPA? And again, at least two bars, I think three said, have you ever heard of Surly from Minneapolis? <laughs> we have got a thing called Todd the Axeman here tonight. You have got to try it. And we had to be like, we're from there. We fucking know. So, you know, so we're I didn't even know they were in... bored with it. <laughs> I know. Boo. Boo. Need some strange. <laughs> um. So that was kind of a fun thing. I didn't even know they were in Colorado, actually, which I guess I probably should have. But um, So he gets them for that as well because his company has expanded into beautiful Denver, Colorado. So go Nuggets for Stu. Go Nets for Chicken. Go Raptors for you. Go Sixers for me. <sighs> Stu's got the only Western Conference team, eh? Well, the other ones... Um, we had had uh, before, or there someone like I can't give anyone the Warriors, right? I think I, I got the Warriors one year, and I thought it was going to be great, me. and it was terrible. Yeah, you were mad at me. Uh, I can't give anybody the Rockets because everybody hates watching the Rockets, right? 
And then obviously I gave someone Denver. And then beyond that, the other teams are going to be out quickly or are shitty or I've already given them away. So, you know, no other Western team matters. Nobody cares. Right. Right. It's really just those three. So, um, all right. Good stuff. Okay. I I can't wait for the Toronto Raptors to to possibly win the East. Possibly win the East. That's exactly what could happen. All right. We got to move on. We got some other stuff going on here. John, I want to ask you about the Minnesota Wild draft lottery happened last night, I believe. The Minnesota Wild will be choosing 12th. They will be choosing 12th. And there was we a, call it they had the, the James old... Shepard Memorial spot. Yes. No, wait. Was that James Shepard? Who is that other guy they drafted? Oh. James Taylor. No, it wasn't James Taylor. Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> they drafted some guy high up who literally never played in the NHL. Steve Aronson. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Number I one nothing. Pick. I can't remember his Sorry. name. Okay, it wasn't Nick uh, Checko. Just to go back to last week, Nick Checko. It wasn't Nick Checko. <laughs> Darby. Shit. <laughs> I heard from several people that as you were saying, there was a guy named Nick on the Gopher hockey team, and I just I got stuck on Nick Anthony and couldn't think of everyone else. They they told me that they were all just pretty much screaming at their podcasting device. Checko, <laughs> Nick Checko. <laughs> That is very frustrating. I've had that happen lots of right. times listening to podcasts. Um, okay, so uh, so they're choosing twelfth, and they should get someone decent. But um, <laughs> but they probably what, won't because they won't. Yeah, their they GM should. is their GM is currently purging all the unbelievers who might question anything he says or does, and I guess that's pretty normal. So you see that yeah. all the time. But there was <laughs> there was an article. That came out, I think it was about last week or so, that um, it just sort of mentioned in passing that the guy they drafted last year, um, Philip, Philip Johansson, they they took this Swedish guy who, he was playing in the Swedish league, but nobody thought he was ready to be an NHL prospect, and nobody had him ranked as like a good NHL prospect, so they used their first rounder on that guy, and then so somebody somebody was talking to Sweden's national team general manager about Swedish guys, and they asked about Philip Johansson. And 
normally what you'd like to hear, even if this guy's this guy's eighteen nineteen playing in Sweden, what you want to hear from the national team GM is, yeah, he's a guy that we really have high hopes for. He he's still young, but he's having a good season and something about his body needs to fill right. out. Right, he's got to fill know. out a little bit. He's he's maybe not in our plans for this summer's World Championship, but we think he's going to be part of our team for a long time to come. He's had good, a lot of good success. Good head on his shoulders. A lot of Comes success at the youth family, levels. Yeah. The under-20 championships. We think he belongs in the world junior conversation for sure. That's the kind of thing you want to hear. What instead they heard was the basically the national team GM had to, had to go and Google his name and be like, <laughs> oh, he's he plays for that team? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Maybe they're, he's been injured. They're a team in Sweden. Is they, he like 11 years old? <laughs> it's just that it's like Bill Beavers on a lesser known scale somehow. Oh, no. Like the, the Vikings, worst Bill Beavers. The Viking took the Vikings took Bill Beavers and we we mocked them and have been mocking them ever since because there was at least one draft analyst who had looked at all of the linemen who were available in the draft and said, Bill Beavers is the worst of all the offensive linemen. <laughs> and somehow the Vikings, who already were legendary with their inability to pick offensive linemen and their unwillingness to pick offensive linemen, instead spent a fourth-round pick on this guy. But at least that was only a fourth-round pick. This is like Bill Beavers, but with the only pick the Wild had last year. That they were supposed to start rebuilding a farm system that is just absolutely bereft of talent. They took a guy that the the general manager of his country that doesn't have all that many amazing hockey prospects actually had to look up on Google to find out who he was. That's I that's where we're at. I did not know it was that bad. It's, that's it's, incredible. Yeah. So. The Wild are picking 12th, but I got basically no confidence that that's going to mean anything. And then three teams jumped up to the top. That was kind of shocking, right? Like none of them were supposed to be the top three picks. Well, the top pick, there was actually a, a hilarious outcome that did not happen, which was the the Ottawa Senators were the worst team in the league this year, but they had also traded their first round pick this year. So they were pretty good. There was a there was a chance going into the lottery that they were going to get the top pick and have an amazing player, except that amazing player would play for the Colorado Avalanche instead because they traded this pick. As as it turned out, it sort of they ended up dropping down to fourth, which is last year they had had the option of either using the fourth pick or sending that one to Colorado and holding on to this year's pick. So last year they made the pick and just assumed they'd be a lot better this year. And then they were actually worse. Uh So as hilarious, it would have been as if the senators had lost their, the top pick in the draft to Colorado, they instead are going to lose the fourth pick, which is bad, but not nearly as hilarious. Do we still hate Colorado? I, I, I think I probably have a reason to hate just about every team in the league, but I still hate Colorado. Don't you? Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I let you guide me. Yeah. Uh, you're my letting me um, guide you on. You're hatred my hatred is bad Sherpa because I can find a reason to hate every team in the league. 
Well, sure, of course. But you have to have, in priority order, what would be the number one most hated team? Mm. Dallas. Okay. All right. No, that's not true. <sighs> Dallas is up well, there. I have a... I have a... A, a Mount St. Helens of hatred for the for Dallas, a, a long uh-huh. running tire uh-huh. fire. It never a, it yeah. never burns all that hot, it, but it's always there. It'll provide you warmth, though. Right, it'll keep you alive. It's always there, waiting to come out. Probably is time. sometimes the only thing that keeps you alive. Like right now, I've got the Dallas Stars and the National Predators on, and earlier there was a there looked like there was a chance that one of the Dallas guys was going to get punched in the face and I was really rooting for it to happen yes and you love the purds I don't love the purds but I hate the stars more okay okay all right so um, what about the Blackhawks they yep. seem like a I hate those guys team. yep okay I hate the Blackhawks a lot what's uh. the team that the god damn it I forgot his name there was a really good player that I liked for a second <laughs> In the NHL. Shoot. Connor uh, McDavid. Connor McDavid. He plays for the Oilers. We've actually already talked about the Oilers on this podcast, and they failed yet again this year. They're, Is he good still? Uh, he's still amazing. Okay, he's amazing. Gotcha. Who's yep. gonna Who's going to be the MVP this year? Um, I think the MVP is probably be Nikita Kucherov, who had 1 billion points for the Lightning this year. Wow, I've never even heard of him. What about what's his face for the Capitals? Is he still good? Ovechkin? Yeah. Yeah, he got 50 goals again this year. He's pretty good. For the longest time, everyone said, well, because Wayne Gretzky scored 900 and whatever goals. I don't have the number off the top of my head. And once he was done playing, everyone said, well, that record will never be broken. It it Mm -hmm. literally could not be broken. As we talked about last week, Gretzky scored all those goals against Gold goalies who were not allowed to move their feet or otherwise try to stop the puck in any way. Correct. So it seemed impossible. But Ovechkin actually, people have been banging this drum for years, and I just found out about it like this year. But if he has another four or five good years, he actually has a chance to break Gretzky's goal scoring record, which is insane. It's absolutely, utterly insane that anyone would get anywhere near Gretzky. Is it just be, he's been like consistently fifty goals yeah. every single year? Like everybody else in the league, if you score thirty goals, that's a pretty good year. If you score forty goals, that's an amazing year. Ovechkin sure. just scores fifty-five, sixty goals every year. It's like dingers in baseball. Yeah, thirty's really good. Forty's incredible. Fifty is like it doesn't happen much. He, right. This dude just hits fifty dongs for a decade. Exactly. Just I he's mean, he's pools. like. A, he's like a dozen years of just hitting 55 home runs every year. Unbelievable. Huh. All right. That's good to hear. What about yep. old Sid Crosby? Sid Crosby is, still exists. Okay. Still weirdly hated. Hmm. Um, The Penguins, they haven't been very good all year, but you look at them and you go, well, they win the Stanley Cup like every other year, so I guess they got a chance. Yeah, they could turn it on. Yep. Interesting. I mean, it's the um, hockey playoffs. The, Tampa Bay was historically dominant this year. Hmm. I a lot of people are. You look back and you look at like the Islanders teams of the late seventies and eighties that were amazingly dominant, and that's where Tampa Bay has been. 
So tonight was the first night of the hockey playoffs. Yeah, Tampa lost four to three to Columbus, a team that <laughs> sort of eked its way into the playoffs. So yeah, it's the hockey so playoffs. Weird. What are you going to do? Yeah, they're they're not immune to that. Um, it's, a lot of I've seen a number of people writing about how really you need to pull for Tampa because it already feels like the league is just based on randomness. And if Tampa doesn't at least make it to the Stanley Cup finals, then that's going to be like the best evidence that hockey is essentially random and not worth your time. The stink will that the randomness stink will be on the NHL right. for a couple of years. The randomness stink is already out. on the NHL, but this would be like it's rolling really in the randomness in. and then coming in and climbing into your bed. The stain will settle. Yeah. Right. Um, so if we're gonna put these uh, playoff these and NHL playoffs on a spectrum of other ones in the in in the past for you, like zero is just like the, I've never been less excited. Ten is like this is going to be the greatest NHL playoffs of all time. Where does this year fall? Well, I think the NHL playoffs, I guess it's like the NBA playoffs where most years it's just right about a seven. It doesn't get amazingly high, but it rarely drops below that. I guess that's not true. The NBA playoffs now that I'm talking about it though, because the last couple of years it's been like, ah, well, it's going to be the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Ugh. But the NHL uh-huh. playoffs is literally never like that. Even this year yeah. with the amazingly dominant Tampa Bay, it's like, well, uh, I'd say Tampa's about four to one to win the Stanley Cup. What do you think? Maybe three to one? What do you think? Right. Where the Warriors are every year for the last four years have been one to five to win the, to win the NBA finals. Right. But it's not so much that it's like other matchups, other really good superstars in the, playoffs is this just like a good year anyway for it i mean well like last let year let me turn the, this around on you where are you at with the nba playoffs this year i would probably put myself excitement level um I, yeah I, I mean it's it's above a five nba is still really awesome right now LeBron makes things more interesting, and he's not around. Anthony Davis is not there. Towns is not there. There's a lot of really good superstars who aren't even in the playoffs at all. I'm going to say a six. All right. This year feels like a six. I have have no comeback. Oh. That sounds fine. That sounds legit. (laughs) Okay, but this is not a zero for you. This is not a ten for you. This is just like... I think I'm trying to think of what a 10 would be and that you would really only hit the 10 like if you got later in the playoffs and there was some amazing matchup in the Stanley Cup finals or something like that. And I'm trying to think of what that would be. Yeah, I would say a 10 in the NHL was probably like three years ago when Golden State either had just won or hadn't quite won yet and they were an unbelievable team and there were OKC had Durant and Westbrook. And then the East had um, LeBron. I don't even remember at that at that time. It was just the Cavaliers um, for like his first season with Kyrie and with Kevin Love. That was like, oh my god, these playoffs are going to be so fun. And yes, of course, we definitely think it'll be Golden State versus Cleveland in the finals. But it's still going to be really fun to get there. Um, that to me was a, probably a ten. So this year, because Golden State's been around for so long, because LeBron's not in it, it just. A little bit of the shine is off it, but it's definitely not like a, 
if you remember like the early 2000s NBA it was like, oh, I don't know, like the Sacramento Kings are kind of fun, but <laughs> the Lakers have like Kobe and every and, and Shaq and everybody hates them and that's not fun at all right. to watch. They had like that three peat, remember? Three straight years yeah. they won it. That last year was probably a zero or a one. It was just like this I still love the NBA, but this is not cool. it's just boring. That was like the nineties with baseball when the Yankees didn't the Yankees win it about three out of every four years? And every year it was 96, just awful. 98, 99, yeah. 2000. Yeah, you know, yes. Yep. So that sort of stuff happens a lot, and you never really know. But um, all right, so it's not a zero for you with the NHL. Not a zero. Of course, not a zero. Okay, we haven't talked about the draft lottery yet. Um, oh. The teams that jumped into the top, what I saw were big markets. So, of course. The Rubes came out of the woodwork. Call it fixed. Well, I I only know of two Rubes that came out of the woodwork and called it fixed. And one was me and one was Chicken. So <laughs> Two of them work for this podcast. Yeah. Two of them are here. I just you gotta you gotta think it's the two teams that are closest to the league office in New York mm-hmm. and the one team that the NHL marketing department seems to know about, Chicago. Um, it's hard not to hard not to see a correlation there. And they weren't subtle at all with them. They just decided, you know what? Fuck it. All three of them get to have good luck this year. The problem is that for 19 years in a row, the NHL lottery has been won by the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> so if the NHL... They had to mix where, it up. Where the whole idea falls down is that if the NHL was trying to rig the draft lottery, they have been very bad at it. Previously. Yeah, they just started this year. They just now were like, "Oh fuck, can we rig this thing? What What should we do every prior year?" Well, I'll tell you what. Why don't we give the top pick to a universally terribly run franchise that also is in a nowhere time zone and the city is in the absolute middle of nowhere what if we did that instead of giving it to a major market we want to promote man which i am honestly if you're thinking if you look at how the nhl is run this is not implausible not too far off yeah that only this year they could think you know we should probably try to make this lottery work for us rather than just have it be random yeah good for them I'm all about fixing things. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. Uh, all right. So, are you looking for? Are they? They're gonna just get some random player we don't know, and we'll talk about that later, right? <laughs> I I read one mock draft, and it had the Wild taking a guy who everyone thinks is bad, but they can't prove it, which seems like it would be a pretty Minnesota Wild thing to do. Yeah, I get that. There's uh is there a consensus top number one? Is there a little little Gretzky Jr. coming up? Uh the consensus number one is a guy named Jack Hughes, who's a center an American, I think. Um mm, dumb name. I don't think he it doesn't seem like he is an amazing game changing talent like some of the guys like Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews of some of the first picks in the past have been, but um, the New Jersey. He's gonna play for the Devils. Okay, that's that's good. They, they were 
they were supposed to be bad last year and weren't. And then everyone thought they might be bad again this year. And they were. So, um, that's the devils. Hmm. Hmm. Good summary. All right, John, I am out of topic. So we got other stuff here, but, uh, we managed to work some dad life in a while ago anyway. So we're fine there. Yep. Um, you got to rant about, you got to talk about your Sixers. You got to complain about the Timberwolves. So yes. we're good there. I feel like yeah. we've had equal rant time on this podcast, and I think that's important. It was good. Yes. It was very good ranting. A good a good group therapy session, as always. <laughs> as always. I feel better slash worse. Yep. Next week, we'll, uh, we should do a little uh, NFL draft preview next week, because that's coming up. <laughs> We should really think about getting some other people to participate in this podcast, too. Yeah, we'll see. For some reason. I mean... It's just us two. It's just... That's what you get now. Ugh. Let's hope not. Listeners, stick with us. I promise we'll get more interesting Unless you're racist. In which case... Unless you're racist. Stop with the racism. Stop. Stop listening to the podcast. Knock it off with the racism. <laughs> uh, if you remember one thing from this episode... Yep. Say no to racism. Just say no. Okay. I think that, that'll uh that'll sum it up for the night. Love it. Okay, bye. Bye, Brandon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.